Welcome to the Building Great Lives podcast, a podcast about real life, real issues, and finding real answers to life's most difficult questions. And now your host, Trent Gillum. Greetings, everyone. Trent here. Welcome to episode number 74 of the podcast. I'm glad you've joined the Building Great Lives journey. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to our monthly ministry partners and to you, the listener. You make this ministry possible, and I'm excited to have you on the Building Great Lives team here at the Building Great Lives podcast. It's our desire to help people from around the world grow, heal, discover, and fulfill their unique purpose. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your family and friends. We're praying these messages of hope reach every possible person in every possible nation. I want to open this episode up with a question. Feel free to talk back as you listen. I promise you, your answer is safe with me. Have you ever struggled to overcome something I mean, struggled with it over and over again. Even though we strive to do right and even learn from our mistakes, there are times we find ourselves struggling with the same things seemingly over and over again. It can become very frustrating because we think, I've been living for God long enough that I surely should not be struggling with these same feelings, these same difficulties over and over again. And it can become a vicious cycle. We struggle. We feel disappointed in ourselves for still struggling. We pray about it. We sincerely commit to God and say, we're never going to struggle with that again. And all too often we find ourselves struggling with that same thought, that same feeling, or that same action again. It's a cycle that leaves us not only feeling frustrated, but it leaves us feeling disappointed in ourselves. I need to remind you that none of us are perfect. We are all still a work in progress. We are the clay in the hands of our Heavenly Father. The Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, chapter 64 and verse number 8, But now, O Lord, thou art the Father, we are the clay, and thou art the potter, and we all are the work of thy hand. This is telling us that God is actively molding and shaping us into all that he has purposed us to be. It is a work of God. We are a work in progress. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah chapter 18. The Lord told him, I want you to go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. When Jeremiah went down to the potter's house, he saw the potter. And the Bible says that he watched him as he wrought a work 
on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter, so he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the hands of the potter, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Now I want you to notice a connecting word between Isaiah when he spoke of the potter and the clay, and Jeremiah when he spoke of the potter and the clay. They both use the word work. It is a work of thy hand. He was working on the clay. The word working, these texts, does not mean finished product. It means to be actively working on the clay, to make it what is in the mind of the potter. It's not a finished product. It's something that is on the wheel being worked on. And so we get the idea, this great and powerful revelation, that we are not a finished product. And while we certainly strive to live above sin and we repent when we fail and we certainly strive to learn from our mistakes, there is a great revelation that comes that brings comfort to us when we realize that no matter how hard we try, we are still going to struggle and face some difficulties. And I'm certainly not making light of sin. We need to strive to live above those things. However, we also need to live above condemnation. And condemnation is a tool, a weapon of the enemy that gets on our mind and becomes heavy on our spirit. We feel condemned when we sin or when we fail or when we struggle with the same things over and over again. That's how condemnation works. And so the way to combat condemnation is to understand the principle that God is is still working on you. He hasn't given up. He's the all-knowing. He knew that he took on a project, at least for me, when he touched my life, when he called me to salvation and to ministry, he understood that I was a lifelong project. He's still working on me. And thankfully, he's still working on you as well. Paul gives us this revelation continued from the potter and the clay of the Old Testament when Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God before ordained our purpose. He before ordained what we would become, but we are his workmanship. Workmanship in this text means the process of making something. It's the quality imparted to a thing during the process of it being made. The New International Version doesn't use the word workmanship. It uses the word masterpiece instead. It is a masterpiece in the mind 
of the Creator, but it is a process of taking us from where we are and molding us into what is in His mind because He sees from the end to the beginning, which means He knows where he is leading us and crafting us to become. But we are living in the process. And the enemy wants to make you give up in the middle of the process because we struggle with the same things over and over. And we feel like I should have grown. I should have been more mature. I shouldn't be struggling with this anymore. And there may be times that that's true. However, it does not eliminate the fact that we are a masterpiece in progress. You are a work of art that is still being painted. That's what the word masterpiece there means. The first brush strokes on a blank canvas reveal very little to the casual onlooker. When you look at someone painting, especially in the beginning, you have no idea unless the painter tells you. Those original brush strokes mean very little to those that do not understand painting, but to the painter. It's the masterpiece that is already in his mind. He's laying the foundation strokes for what will become. And our lives are a masterpiece that is held in the mind of God. And everything we face, everything that we go through, every difficulty, every good time, every bad time, everything about our lives is the master painter adding another color, adding another stroke to the canvas of our lives, and we become the masterpiece. It is a work in progress. No wonder Paul used the word workmanship. It is something created. It is the process. It's not the finished result. It is the process, and that's why we must get this extremely important revelation in our mind. God is still working on us. He has not given up. He is not looking at us and rejecting us. Even if we are marred, the potter comes and puts us on the wheel and works us and molds us into everything that he has designed for us to be. And this is incredible because in order to really understand this process, we have to understand the patience of God. God's patience toward us is absolutely staggering. 2 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 10. Peter said, "But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. This text is important to our subject matter because it is not just talking about the coming of the Lord. 
Peter is addressing the fact that there are some that have mocked believers because they've looked and they've said, it's been so long. Where is the second coming? Where is Jesus that you have said is coming back so very soon that you have preached with fervency? He is returning. His coming is near. But yet it seems like that his coming is being drawn out a long time. No doubt the disciples, in my opinion, believed that the Lord would return in their day, yet he did not. And all of the generations of believers have sought that the coming of the Lord is so near and we felt it so strong and we preached it so fervently, but yet it seems like it's taking so very long. I remember my grandfather used to tell me, you better live right. You'll never get out of high school before the Lord comes. He certainly would never put a date on it, but it was a time frame. And then when I went into Bible school, he, you better live right. The Lord's going to come. You'll never graduate. His main goal was that his grandson live right with the understanding that the Lord is coming. And you've got to live in that expectation. But here it is, my grandfather's gone on to his reward, and now I am an adult with children. And yet the Lord tarries. And in Peter's day, there were many that were mocking the believers, saying, you've been preaching this and it hadn't happened. This must mean that your Jesus is not real and that the rapture is not real. Skeptics were looking and saying, this is evidence that it is not real. Yet in reality... Peter is telling them in the text that I read that this is, in fact, a sign of the patience of God. It is not a rejection of the reality of his coming. It is the understanding that his coming has been thus long because he is not willing that any that is hungry should perish. And this long wait for the coming of the Lord should not be looked at with concern or dread. It should be looked at as opportunity to explore the very patience of God because of the Lord's patience and long-suffering. Who is Jesus being patient toward? He is patient to us. Who is the us that Peter is talking about in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 10? Well, he tells us in verse 8, it is the beloved. This means believers. He is talking to believers. God is patiently working on believers. God is molding us, shaping us. We are still a work in progress. Certainly, we are believers but yet we are still being worked on by the Lord. Our conversion is not the end. It is actually the beginning. When we are born again of water and spirit, we are babes in Christ. Paul continued when he was talking to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk 
and not with meat. For hereto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. Now, although this text is referring to Christians uh, that were carnal, it still clearly shows us powerful context. He calls them brethren. They are believers. They are members of the church. Yet even as members, we see that there are times of milk that grows into meat. Understand the background of the text, but it still reveals that there is a growth process for believers. And so it is that as God was working on them, it did not mean they were not believers, but it meant that they were in the process of becoming. The Lord was working on them. It's like a baby learning how to walk. I'll never forget one time I was going to preach and the church there had stairs that led up into the church. And my son had just learned how to walk at that time and he was becoming fiercely independent now that he could walk. And he would push away, let go of my hand, and he wanted to walk up those steps by himself. And I wanted to hold on to him, but he wanted to push away and try him on his own. So I stood close by let him walk up those steps, and he tripped after a couple, and I caught him. And it was in that moment that the Lord spoke to me, and he said, this is how I treat my children. I will let them learn, but I will stay close by and catch them when they stumble. It is a growth. My son is now an adult, and he knows how to walk upstairs because it's a process. And these are all things that mimic Our spiritual concepts, when we are born again, we are babes in Christ, and we are in the process of learning how to walk, how to overcome, how to deal with certain feelings, deal with certain thoughts, and deal with certain actions. And as we go through them, regardless of going through the cycle of wishing that we didn't think like that or feel like that, now we can understand I'm being molded into God's masterpiece. And God has not given up on me because I stumble. The Lord is looking to catch me, bring me close, and teach me how to move beyond. So don't let the enemy come against your mind and tell you, oh, you should have already known better. That may be true. But the fact is the Lord is working in your life to make you what you need to be. And there are many examples of this. We could look at Moses and we could see how that God orchestrated Moses to be in the right place at the right time in Pharaoh's house. But we could also show where Moses was impetuous and and he depended on his own strength and he killed an Egyptian and had to flee. Hardly a successful start to a God-called ministry. But during 40 years in the wilderness, God worked on this humble shepherd in the desert until he was ready to experience the burning bush. Moses experienced God's working in his life, a working that prepared him for then 40 more years of incredible service to the Lord. Moses, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible, 
Yet he had to be molded and shaped by God. David, the same way, called of God, anointed of God, called to be the king. He was able to kill a lion and a bear and a giant, and he got away from Saul. He won many, many battles, delivered Israel many times, yet David messed up terribly with Bathsheba, had her husband killed, but God looked at him, and through mercy and David's repentance, God spared his life and established his throne forever. It's a process, and you, listener, are living part of the process as well. When you mess up, when you have thoughts, when you go through struggles, turn back to God, and he will make a way for you. We understand that Peter was called of God, yet the Bible says he denied three times. He failed Jesus and miserably ran away with tears, weeping because His eyes looked up and saw Jesus staring over the balcony and he knew that the word had come true that he had denied three times before the rooster had crowed. Yet the Lord called Peter back to him. Why is this? Because when the Lord looked at Peter, he knew Peter is a human. He's going to mess up. He is a work in progress. Paul had the great educational background. Yet he had saints of the church killed, thrown in prison. But when Paul heard the word of the Lord and knew that it was Jesus whom he had persecuted, goes to Ananias and is baptized, receives the Holy Ghost and immediately would like to go preach. But the Lord sent him away for three years to a desert place. No doubt while there, God was working on him, preparing him. He was in a process of becoming God's masterpiece. God will work in us as he works through us. And it's the same for you, listener. You may have messed up. You may have had thoughts that you did not like. You may have had feelings you did not like. You may have had struggles that you wish you never had. But I want you to know that God is working on you just like he worked on Moses, just like he worked on David, just like he worked on Peter, and just like he worked on Paul. Paul becoming one of the greatest missionaries, writing over three-fourths of the New Testament, but it was a process. And God wants to use you that way, listener. Don't give up in the middle of the process. You are God's masterpiece in process. You are his workmanship, his handiwork. He is putting everything in you that you need to become what he has called you to be. When I was a child, we used to sing a song that was written by Joel Hemphill. And the title of the song was, He's Still Working on Me. And I want to read some of the words to you. They're powerful. He's still working on me to make me what I need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. There really ought to be a sign upon my heart 
Don't judge him yet. There's an unfinished part. But I'll be better just according to his plan, fashioned by the master's loving hands. He's still working on me to make me what I need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. In the mirror of his word, reflections that I see makes me wonder why he never gave up on me, but he loves me as I am and helps me when I pray. Remember, he's the potter and I'm the clay. He's still working on me to make me what I need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. Listener, he's still working on you to make you what you need to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on you and me. And as has become our tradition here at the Building Great Lives podcast, I want to pray for you, listener. I want to pray that God would encourage you. Lord, there are many people listening that are facing many things. And Lord, they are a long way from what they used to be. But God, there's a lot that we need to learn. But thankfully, Lord, they are no longer what they used to be because your grace and your mercy has worked on them and called them and helped them. And God, I pray right now that you would encourage every listener to know and understand that they are your workmanship. They are a masterpiece in process and that you have not and will never give up working on them. And as always, thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend, maybe text them the link or share it on your social. You can find me on social at Trent Gillum. That's G-I-L-L-I-A-M. On Instagram at Rev Gillum. You can also reach me directly at Building Great Lives Podcast at gmail.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, let's keep building. You've been listening to the Building Great Lives Podcast, a member of the Real Life Church Network. Join us next time as we dig deeper into life's most challenging questions. 